things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Friday, Miss Dana McCool. Eric, my friend, happy Friday. See, my dear, you doing okay? Yeah, listen, I just have to comment on something. Sure. My glasses are already steaming up. Are they? <laughs> yeah, they are. It's like they know what's coming down. You take a piece of bread with something and you throw a slap <laughs> a little some cheese on it. That's it. <laughs> random. We inside. take bread and we put random stuff on it. Inside, inside, inside joke. joke. Inside joke. Inside joke. <laughs> Um, happy Friday, y'all. And yes. uh, I'm really excited for today. We're going to do some housekeeping really quick. Eric, let's chop, chop. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead. And everybody, please do not forget to follow us on YouTube at yep. The Smoking Truth. Subscribe, hit the like button, whatever you got to yep. do. We got to get that follower count up. The good thing is things are moving along on Facebook as well. So our follower count is going up on Facebook. So as we post, um, you guys can follow the link over to YouTube. Anyways, uh, but don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well at The Smoking Truth Podcast. Yep. You can catch us as well and subscribe on all the major podcasts like Apple, Podbean, um, Spotify, and others. And that's another spot. And also send in content, folks, and email us when you need to Yep. Um, at gonzo at uh, truthsmoking.live. And then obviously no. we have... No. Yeah, what? Gonzo at thesmokingtruth.live. I'm sorry. Oh, I confused oh, that one with Twitter. I'm sorry. That's gonzo. Okay. That's what I'm here for. At the, uh, thank you. I appreciate smokingtruth.live. And then also don't forget to follow us on Twitter at truthsmoking. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, girl. Um, yeah, so listen, who is your lover today? My lover is Postenny. And I still have the fake blow-up doll lover here. <laughs> this is an FNG line-of-duty blow-up cigar here. I No, I'm, it's a fine si cigar. I'm just not allowed to smoke. I'm, I'm waiting toward the end of the month, you know, because I get one a month. Now. I remember. The wink-wink. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, he didn't actually say I could have a cigar, yeah. but he just kind of winked when I said, uh, when I said one a week, and he looked at this, and I said one a month, and he just kind of went like, maybe he was just twitching. I don't know. The one a week was at death sale, like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Girl, what the fuck? We just sat here just having a conversation. You're over here one a week. <laughs> I know. Me... More is more. I already I started. <laughs> hey, so I'm really, really excited about yeah. today. Um, that we. Oh my God, I'm so excited about today. We have um, on air with us today. Uh, we have the love of our lives. Yeah. We have the loves of our lives. Yes. Really. The, Very much so. Yeah, and I'm excited to have your love of your life on here. Um, this woman is an incredible <laughs> educator. She is an incredible powerhouse for Volusia County. Um, and Eric and I are just going to let her do what she does. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, uh, the, the other guest that we have today is the, the love oh, of yes. my life. Shane Story. Oh yeah. And I'm just like he turned he's already turning red. He's already <laughs> fucking turning red. Do you know last last week I forget we had uh, my Scudero and Mark Barker yeah. on and it was that or the week before that when we had when we had <laughs> Old Webster Barnaby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was a con this look. It was all in good fun. It wasn't fun. me either. No, I know it was all in good fun. But I was just sitting there, kind of going, "Oh my God, you're so be sitting there going, Mom, cut it out." <laughs> He's so trauma I drama. I watched that podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, as always, thank you, buddy, for coming back, man. Really, really appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, Mr. Story is also a Volusia County educator, and we have some serious woes going on in Volusia County with all bullshit set aside. 
We do. We are woefully understaffed. We um, we have crumbling uh, human capital infrastructure as far as our educational system goes. Um, our educational system is under attack, that, like I believe, by the extreme right. And I'm not talking about Republican values. I'm talking about the extreme right. Mm. Um, our public education is, uh, to me, one of the greatest insults is... Um, for me, and you know that I came yeah. out about it, the don't say gay bill, and I'm going to quit after this year calling yeah. it that because it was much more in-depth than that. But what it had to do with is a teacher taking having confidence to do their job, mm. right? Uh, a child not being able or a teenager not being able to discuss with a teacher things that they might not be able to come out and talk to their own parents about because of whatever reason, yeah. right? So I believe in human, uh, I believe in parental uh, rights. I'm b- true believer in parental rights. I know that there are things that you that, that a parent should discuss with a child, but that was kind of drawing the line for me. But we have other issues too, and and uh, Eric and I in discussing needing to discuss these issues. We needed to have uh, some people with boots on the ground, and uh, both of these from a different view. And Eric and I said we were just going to sit back, and smoke cigars, right, and just let them rip. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, so obviously Shane and my and my dear lovely wife Christina was supposed to be here uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, unfortunately, we, uh, we decided to skip out because you were going through some stuff at the last minute there. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, and out of respect to you, we decided let's just po- postpone it. Um, but anyways, but the two of them were just, uh, our, I'm just here, just kind of yeah. waiting to see if maybe you answer. And they were just going to come, just doing their thing. And I was like, yeah. well, that was kind of the point of what we're doing today in the show. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. hey, let you two go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but definitely, we needed so. Shane, you and I, have had, when Victor was here last time, we had this conversation on just, you know, kind of what some things are going, not just in education, but more locally here in Volusia County, because obviously the podcast is, you know, it's based out of Deltona, but it, we try to focus a yep. little bit more on Volusia County as, as a whole um, and the school district and just some of the things that are going on that obviously are a concern that we just we should raise as a concern. So that way other school than board the, members other and others. Other than the penny sniffing. Yeah, other than the penny sniffing. <laughs> anyways. But my point is this: that way, the school board members and whoever else is listening, if they or if they catch it, they spread it around and say, "Hey, look, we also, as folks who are on the microphone over here, have an opportunity mm-hmm. to speak out, like the newspapers that do, or Mark, you know, Barker does with his blog. Yep. Um, we should also be part of that conversation, saying, "Hey, look, these are some of the things that we're concerned about, and you guys need to pay attention to what's going on out there because I, I'm worried that there are folks who are you know, they say they're paying attention, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're really paying attention. Yep. So, anyways, that's just my. My two cents on that. So, Eric. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Shall we recline? Get in the reclining position? I'm already. Hey, look. <laughs> I'm taking a step back. That's it. I'm done. You guys go at it. <laughs> well, for me, and I was a former, because at this point, um, I have uh, resigned my position with Volusia County Schools, obviously, um, due to dissatisfaction what, that I think is felt by a lot of teachers. Doc, uh, can you, I just sure. want you just for, because everybody out there might not know you, we know you're, you're credentialed, but can you tell me, tell us, tell the audience what your credentials are? Yes. Um, I am a doctor of education. Uh, specifically, my specialization is in curriculum and instruction. Um, I've not only been a principal, assistant principal, I've also served as the director of curriculum and instruction and most recently director of learning loss initiatives, which worked with federal programs and grants. And I was a teacher for nine years of fourth and uh, third grade students, Mm -hmm. both here in Volusia and also in New York City. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I know something with 22 years about (laughs) education. (laughs) But I will tell you one of the things that's most disturbing and um, for me. Um, anyone who knows me knows that my heart 
is always in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It's, it begins with the kids and it begins with supporting the teacher. And obviously it's a situation when we have, you look at our neighbors right down to um, Seminole County where we have such vacancies, why? And when you talk to teachers, it's basically, it's, a, it's due to respect, it's due to timing, it's due to behavior, it's due to lots of concerns that have come forward and it seems they're falling on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. And so why can't we get these classrooms staffed? What is the barrier? Mm. So it's interesting because I, I looked at the stats last week or two weeks ago. <clears throat> uh, this morning, uh, 167 instructional vacancies in Volusia County. Um, when I checked uh, Seminole County, couple weeks ago it was like 34 i saw that yeah and i think six of them were instructional vacancies Mm -hmm. they pay their teachers quite a bit more money um you know i've been back and forth with the board over this issue and it always comes back to the district cost differential and how it applies to our ft funding we get uh we get 0.9664 back on every dollar so we lose about three and a half cents but when we look at the overall on that FTE funding, you know, I, I looked at the stats on that too. There's, there's not very many schools that have a lower district cost differential than us, <clears throat> but even within that, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of those districts that actually pay their teachers more with the lower district cost differential. So like, for, for example, Flagler has a lower, lower FTE rate. That's true. Yeah. And yes, it's, it's, it's a smaller district. It's, you know, it's, it's easier to manage overall, mm. but we're talking about a $1.36 billion operating budget and only about 320 million of that goes to instructional staff salaries. Yeah. And, so. and, and what I have a problem with is that we are sitting on top of one of the largest surpluses that we have uh, in our, in our state's history we have a uh, governor who is happy with the veto pen, okay, on programs, whatever. If you don't want to spend the money on those programs, let's reinvest it back into our educational system. And that's been just a hard pass. We send down money, but with caveats. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm sorry, Mr. Governor, but our districts know what's best for our district, not you. Send the fucking money and let our districts do what our districts should be doing with the money. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, it's a problem. And, and it's not just teachers that aren't being paid. It's our paraprofessionals. With the paras, they ranked 41st in the state in Volusia yes. County. With our bus drivers, they're 49th. Uh, and the worst of all of them is our school, uh, well, Schoolway Cafe person. Shane, let me ask you a question. Yeah, Shane, let me ask you a question, though, because, look, to, to Dana's point, a little, you know, I know, trust me, <laughs> I know that there are fucking challenges up in Tallahassee. And I know that there are things that, Obviously, she doesn't agree with that. I may kind of go, no, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I may have my deviations on some certain issues. But to your point, there's a point where it goes, and I'm not trying to defend Tallahassee 100%, but there's a point where it's like, okay, there's a certain amount of fault on Tallahassee. But then the rest of it comes back to the districts and how they're managing their money to a certain extent and how the type of policies are rolling out and so forth that impact you all. And us as, as the general public in Volusia County, because you can't tell me, look, Seminole County, to your point, man, Seminole County is not that far off from us when it comes to the uh, to dollar cost differential. But somehow they're managing their resources a lot better. And I know we're a big, a big spread out county, like Lake County, a few others, and Brevard is another one, right? So there are inherent challenges they're having there. But at some point in time, the county, the school district has to step up and figure out, are we paying the price for years of neglect from prior administrations and it's catching up to us? Okay. Well, we, well it's, it's, I mean, it, there, there's definitely blame to be put, placed yeah. all around. I mean, on the district and on the state right. and even at a federal level, we can, mm-hmm. we can look at all three of those and see where there's, there's issues. Um, you know, I think that at the state level, I think one of the big issues that the districts ha- have with um, the state level is it's, um, it's a moving target. They're trying to hit a moving target. Yeah. So the, when they did the uh, bring everybody up to 47, five on the salary, 
it was 80% of the funds were allocated to bring up the base salary and 20% mm-hmm. were for mm-hmm. the most initial were for the most experienced teachers. Well, Volusia County negotiated that with the union, came to an agreement, hey, let's get everybody up so now we'll have better access to these funds. And they changed the target. Now it's a 50-50 split to bring up base salary. So it created compression. And there's there's right. no way for the district, mm-hmm. while following the Red Book which, and mm-hmm. the, the rules of uh, their accounting that they're required to, mm-hmm. to fulfill by the state mm-hmm. to do that, right? Because like you can have a Shut billion, up, you, can have a, you can have a billion dollars in your bank yeah. account, but if you're only allowed to spend three hundred yep. million dollars on yeah. something, you can only spend three hundred million. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and there's like a lot of things that they've been using to try to offset that. Like I think the TSIA funds and you know the COVID relief right. funds that came through. They did use a lot of the um, some of the grant money as well okay. for those things. Doc, where's it broken? I'm going to tell you, I'm not always going to say that it's always um, just pay. I I think it also comes down to culture climate. It comes down to the levels of respect. It comes down to the workload of the teacher. Mm -hmm. Because we all know, yeah, you can have a position, you can have a title, yes. But if that respect, which is really important and makes you want to come to work, makes you feel valued, is not there, then that in of itself, it doesn't matter how much you pay me. It doesn't ha- matter what title you give me. Is that coming from admin or is that coming from student body? And I don't mean like, yeah. I just mean when I say student body, I mean the student, the parent relationship. Where is that respect coming from? What is the most fatigue inducing aspect of that? So in my, in my perspective is this, is that I think that everybody is right. overwhelmed because even at a district level, I work yes. with a lot of the people at the staff up there, the phenomenal people, great people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're overwhelmed. They have too much on their plate and they're trying to abide by new regulations that are coming down, not just from the state, but from the federal government and things like that. But, uh, so they push things down and they expect the people below them to follow it and don't have the time to answer the follow-up questions. So then those people get stressed out, which gets pushed down to the teachers. Teachers get stressed out. They pull it, they they put it on the students. That's admin. It's all admin red tape. Is that what I'm hearing? Like you can't teach because of all the admin or requirements is that federal requirement state requirement what is bogging teachers down so that they can't teach it's it's like i said it's, it's a uh, combination yeah exactly it's definitely a combination okay so let's listen we can sit here we're going to use up a whole hour talking about what the fuck is broken right we can use a point we can do whatever right i want to understand how we fix this you doc mm-hmm. and you mr story you have carte blanche okay so I need to hear your points. I need to understand. You, I need you to tell the feds what to do to fix it. I need you to tell the state what to do to fix it. And I need you to tell us locally what to do to fix it and how we support you. We know it's broken, whatever. At this juncture, it doesn't matter who did the cheating. It's, you know, it's broken. How do we fix it? Let's talk about that. How do you fix it? For me, I think um, one of the things that we need to do when it comes down to the classroom, and Shane has more of that frontline perspective because he's he's there, boots on the ground in the schools. For me, since I was at the district level, I think one of the things that when I was a teacher, for me, in order to be extremely prepared and ready, give me everything that I need. Arm me up front. 
Give me the training that I need so that I can execute what my students need to know in advance. Don't piecemeal it or build the plane as I'm going along. Don't change it midstream and tell me I'm wrong. If this is where the data is sitting and this is what I'm expected to do, give that to me up front. Give me the plan and let me execute. Along the way, teachers want feedback. Not that I'm walking into their classroom and willy-nilly in five minutes make a decision about what how they teach. Mm-hmm. Give me an opportunity to sit with the administrators with the teachers hey let's let's look at what we're what is going on in these classrooms maybe we need um extra training here how do we support them Mm -hmm. but arm them in a way that they feel supported that they don't feel like they're being downtrodden with all these darn words that we give them Mm -hmm. and just things that makes them feel as if everything they're doing is wrong and ultimately become dissatisfied there's this then it's not a they don't build the family with the students anymore it becomes a me against them this is just any little thing that comes my way i want out Mm -hmm. because i'm not feeling valued you're not arming me and that i think is even more important to the new teachers today if we know the college courses we take everything is about behavior everything we come out to be basic reading teachers those teachers that have affinity to certain subject matter they can kill it 10 times Mm -hmm. teaching it but those teachers that come out new they need that extra support they need to make sure that they have people on the campus people at the district and they do Mm -hmm. but sometimes when you're looking at 45 elementary schools where is the need how do we support them so that they want to come to work Mm -hmm. every day so that they have that friendly voice on the other end that is one of the points that i think would help fix it well let me ask you a question too because i would say that um the concern I've heard through the grapevine a little bit sometimes too, and I'll speak more specifically to the district level is this approach, like it's a one size fits all approach, right? Which I've never been a big fan of. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for example, there are some basic things you guys could use, right? Like, hey, this is a basic protocol, but as you're going out to the different schools, you need to tailor it to that school because what's happening in that one community may not be. So what you're doing at Orange Beach Elementary may not be in Deltona, one of the elementary schools well, in Daltona. So to that point, so. I'm going to tell you this. Yes, every school needs a form of school improvement. But yes, it's not a one-size-fits-all that because a D school, you're going to use what you do in a D school with an A school. Mm-hmm. They have very different populations, very different needs, very different, um, not only that, just students in general. Yeah. So, when, and knowing that, yes, you tailor those specific things that you're going to work with those schools. Mm-hmm. Take into consideration that those teachers because there are teacher mm. leaders and every single one of them is a teacher leader. Um, they they come with a, with a set of, I understand what is going on in my school and for my students, and these are the things I need. They should be brought to the table, and their decisions and their input should be taken mm-hmm. into consideration uh, absolutely. when you're tailoring it. I think, I think what hinders that is, is trust, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, the one-size-fits-all approach is, hey, let's generalize this so that everybody can do it. Yeah. And that that doesn't work in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Every single kid's different. And while, you know, you can say the base characteristics are most students, you know, there's 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 uh, commonalities between all of them, mm-hmm. right? Like if you have a kid with oppo- oppositional defiance disorder, you know not to be engaging with that student and, and or engage in a, in a power struggle with that student. You realize how to deal with that student. You have a low reader, you have strategies for that. But even with those commonalities, each student is very different. And you have to trust that your teacher has the knowledge base of those other characteristics and how to deal with those situations. You know, a perfect example is um, intensive reading, right? The middle school mm-hmm. level, they use, uh, I don't know, Achieve 3000, Read 180, whatever the computer program's called. It's computer-based program. The reading teachers work in small groups sometimes. But what if that's not working for the kid, mm-hmm. right? 
Right. You don't. You have to follow that curriculum to show the gains that the quote unquote gains that the kid's going to make on that system. But you know, a lot of times they remain stagnant. You can't pull them out of that system and yeah. then give them individualized instruction that they actually need and target their deficits. You know, if they read at a first grade level, um, the chief's supposed to adjust to their level, but you actually have to have quality instruction so you can answer the questions. A computer can't answer the questions for a child. No. And I think that you know we we definitely have placed a huge burden of education onto computer programming versus having quality teachers. And I think it's, you know, I think of education as a, as an ecosystem. Um, And and there's parts of it that are kind of, we're killing, we're killing them. And, you know, with that, with that being said and talking about teachers leaving in mass exodus, I can't believe that the, you know, the mentality is too, that we have a, governor who was so opposed to open borders or or that and the very thing at the very base of our structure here is it wanting to bring in teachers from foreign countries um and that to me is mind-blowing from a governor that you know is so immigrant defiant and I think it's sloppy and I think that it's lazy. I think that we have the very people, we have the experts talking to Tallahassee and those experts are sitting right here at this table well, right I w- here. I would venture well, to say though, I don't know if necessarily the governor is in favor of this school districts going out and using these J-1 visas, but but to a larger extent, I think I'm kind of reading a little bit what you're talking about is that there are certain factors coming down from Tallahassee and the feds that's creating a situation now they feel like they're forced to go out when we have qualified people here. But I would also argue on top of that, let me expand on a little more, that like here in Volusia, like Shane said earlier, there's 167. And look, when she resigned, and I don't want to get too much into details and weeds. Get into the details. When she resigned, there was, uh, I will tell you this, I'll say this, because I won't, she don't have to say it, I'll say it. There was a big outpouring, and I know the school district doesn't want to talk about this. All right, I and get it. Fuck that, because but, this is but why there was shit a big, gets hidden. Because th- yeah, we don't talk about that's, it. There was a big outpouring mm-hmm. of support um, for my wife uh, privately. There was a lot of stuff on social media being said to, and I know, I know the union was using some of it for whatever that you know, which is they're trying to expand on the fact that there is a problem there. Look, you're even losing you know top tier administrators yep. and so forth. But, but I will say this: the phone. Did not stop ringing for a while there, uh, or text messages or whatever from teachers that she's done, known over the years, uh, and other folks as well, saying, "Hey, we get it, we understand." And I'm worried that we're using this approach of we're in such a hurry to get to an A. I get it, 100%. I want our district to be an A, but we're doing that, and it's like we're plowing through, but we're leaving a bunch of crumbs along, which are our folks leaving behind just to get to an A. And my hope is that with the new leadership and st- that we have in play, I. I'll just say this. I hope you all are taking this into consideration. People out there are getting fucking pissed and they're getting burnt out. Yep. And with the last superintendent, it, it was very apparent that he was a you know he was a bully and he was doing certain things. My hope is, and this is not a knock on the, on the new superintendent at all, but my hope is that we're paying attention to the folks out there who are getting burnt out and getting pissed because it's there. Whether you want to admit it or not, or maybe you don't want to acknowledge it because we went through a big, big upheaval last year. It's there. It's under. It's simmering. Uh, you know, and it's or it's bubbling up little by little, and folks are getting little bit pissed you want to tell you something yeah. do you know why do you know why deltona is getting better you know deltona is getting better right politically structurally mm. because we talk about the bad stuff we made a collective agreement that we talk about the bad stuff we're not going to try to be like you know we're camelot yeah. any, anymore we talk about the bad things that are happening we brought it up john peters started that dialogue right and you need a strong leader that's able to do that able to talk about that because you can't fix stuff if you don't admit well, that it's what's, broken what's the what's the first thing they teach you in, in, in AA? 
Yeah, you got to admit there's a problem. You got to admit there's a fucking there, problem. You got to admit there's a problem, you know? Well, and I will tell you that the superintendent, and this is not in favor or anything, but um, what she did start along the district, and I'm not sure if it's trickled down to teachers. I, I, I'm not sure. But I know that um, she has held like uh, almost like coffee talks, mm -hmm. if you would. She started uh, when she came in with every department that was up at the district, kind of just to listen to the concerns, mm -hmm. um, how to make her a better leader that was, I guess, has that empathetic um, ear and, and, and listening out there to see what she can put in place. Mm -hmm. um, it started with administrators, and I think there were some, if I'm not mistaken, Maybe two months ago, there was one in Mainland, and I'm not sure if that had they to do did, with teachers. They did. Uh, for, for ESE folks, I know that they had two town halls. They had one on the east side mm -hmm. and the one on the west side, and some of the top administrators in the district came over, and they sat down and actually listened. And I think Anita Burnett was there as well, the one at Mainland. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, I've seen that push back into right. the community, and I've been saying this for two years. You know, you want to find out why your folks are leaving. If you're a member sitting on the school board and you want to find out why your members are leaving, I know they can send you an email or send you a phone call or come talk to the yeah. school board meeting. Why not come to the schools and sit down? We have a cafeteria. We can mm -hmm. fit every single teacher in there. We have all these mandatory trainings. I'm sure a couple of people would talk, you know, it would show up to talk to you and tell you what yeah. they're experiencing. Because what happens, in, in my opinion, is this, right? And it's the same in corporate America. I don't think schools are much, that much different from it. Mm -hmm. Is your boss is always going to be scared to say what's going wrong with your school because that makes them look as look like an ineffective leader. Yeah. So they sugarcoat stuff a lot. Um, yeah. And I, not, you know, I'm not speaking of anybody specifically. <laughs> no. but I'm just saying in general, right. I think that's what happens, right? Um, they don't want you to know how severe some of the issues are, and they right. might be a little late in bringing the issues to you because they think they can fix it instead of admitting shit. Like, I need help. Like, help me okay. out right now. Um, or if they come up with a list of 10, they'll put three to show you we've done something, but then what happens to the other seven? The follow-through is where sometimes there's breaks in lines. If there's a, a big need or something that's this is a hotbed they'll fix a hotbed but what about all the other little things that are there yep. what did you do to fix those how mm -hmm. do we know how does the greater public know how you know we heard you these were the top concerns we're working on these and here's our plan i, what, what I said one time that we were in a systematic cycle of triage yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. where we're at we're 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 bailing water and we're failing to plug any of the holes because everything is an issue. You have the ASD lawsuit. You have, yeah. you know, getting sued from this person. We're not in compliance here. We mm -hmm. had almost four hundred thousand dollars that were sent to the wrong bank. We found out Oracle was a shit show that cost the district almost seven million dollars. Like one thing after the next, where they're losing money. You can't afford to pay teachers, but there's seven million dollars that we lost on a bullshit HR program <laughs> that was completely. Hey, that was not the governor. Right? Okay, so, so stop. <laughs> that's why. I say, like it's an ecosystem. When yeah. I'm saying no, it's I, an I, ecosystem, I get. I get. Like there's the district, there's teachers, like there's a lot of things that, that takes that takes cooperation and balance yeah. for it to work. And when those things start to fall out of line, the whole thing starts to fall apart. And the reason I always heart back on pay is because you have if you don't have veteran teachers that are being paid what they're worth. And I do understand like yes. pay doesn't matter if the culture is mm -hmm. not there. I, I completely get that. Yep. Um, and I mean, I took a job back over here because and away from flag where I would have made more money because right. I like the culture of where I was. Um, but the, the point is that we have to pay those people so we can keep them here for the major for the majority of them because they're the ones that train our new teachers. Yep, yes. And you want to know why there's so much violence in a class in the classrooms and why mm. teachers are leaving due to violence is because the new teachers don't have behavior management strategies that the veteran teachers have learned and taught them how to use. 
So it creates that cycle, right? Yeah. They get burned out, so they quit and they leave, and then the behavior gets worse because you don't have enough people to watch the kids because they're tired and they have too many things. They're not going to stand by their door during class change. They're going to sit at their desk and finish grading papers, so now a kid gets into a fight, and it's just this cycle that keeps yeah. happening where more and more people leave because they're burned out. Do you, do you? Let me ask you this question. Did you feel supported by your school board before you left? I'm just going to say this. I'm, That's No. <laughs> I'm going to say no, and I'm going to tell you that I'm quite disappointed because multiple, we shall remain nameless, but they know who they are, um, contacted me when they wanted information, when they needed um, just anything mm -hmm. at all. So much so, even up to the day prior to me making this decision, uh, one specifically calling because this was what the person wanted. They used the terms of, we don't get involved but then they were very much involved mm -hmm. when helping to make this decision that I had to make um, in ultimately leaving where my heart is. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to tell you that, no, I was not supported. I was not contacted. And some of them I have relationships with for many, many years. Yeah, that's what I'm so. saying. You've been around forever. And no. I, I, I find it appalling. What about you? Uh, I find that some members are more responsive than others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, Bring concerns from different viewpoints as you know, employee, citizen, parent, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, there are definitely two that answer almost any call or text or email that yep. I write, and for the remainder, it's kind of a they're hey, busy. Like they're too idea. busy sniffing panties. But you know what's you know what's <laughs> interesting? I actually I was looking. I'm at gonna all get a penny where he goes. I'm gonna bring it to the show. I'm gonna start doing that. Just swear it on your fucking hey, I'm head. I'm gonna use a web hey. Look at this <laughs> bullshittity right here. Hey, exactly. <laughs> hey, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> Sorry. I, I thought I, like I wanted to bring this point up though. I, I yeah. thought this was interesting as I looked at all the statistics and categories from the Florida Department of Education of salaries and like ranked them by every single category mm -hmm. you can think of. There's only one place where Volusia County ranks in the top 10 for pay. Sucking? Guess what it is. What? No. The school board. The school board. Oh, damn. Really? Yep. Yeah. I did not know that. It's uh, a little over $44,000 mm -hmm. a year, $221,000 last year. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about everybody else. <laughs> I don't think it's that. Listen, but, but like, you know, and like I'm not saying the school board members are sitting in Bush County going, hey, let's get our pay raised. But it's just it's interesting, though, just an inter interesting tidbit of information. Yeah. It's so. more than a Florida House Senate or Florida House Congressman. Yeah, right? Florida House. Like 29000 or Legislature something like that. is 29000 bucks for, for members. So. Who is, because I tried to look today, like, but I was running over here. Who is um, who's chair? No, you know who chair is this year for education and uh, probes? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta look it. Up. I don't remember off the top of my head. I gotta look it up really quick. It's yeah. gonna be the hey. Can I can I read the story that you sent to Representative Leak? The email. Uh, if you want to, it's I haven't got a response from him, so I don't know that he's had a chance <laughs> to read it yet. So Shane sent this email to Representative Tom Leak. Mm -hmm. Okay, a uh, three four days ago now. Uh, yeah, it was earlier this week, I think Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> Rep Leak, my name is Shane Story. I'm currently a resident parent and teacher in your district. Over the last three years, I have noticed a concerning downward trend in Volusia County Schools' retention of quality staff. Over the last two years, I have spoken at numerous school board meetings, met with school board members, and met with the senior leadership of the district. While I am just one person, there are many who share my concerns. The many include parents, teachers, residents, board members, and students alike. Volusia County Schools is the largest employer in your district with an estimated 7,000-plus employees that serve more than 63,000 students and families. However, serving these students has become a near impossibility as our most experienced educators and support staff continue to leave. 
VCS ranks somewhere between the 13th to 15th largest school district in the state, depending on what metrics you look at. However, VCS also ranks 43rd in average teacher pay, 41st in FTE return rate based on the district cost differential of 0.9664. Mm-hmm. For every dollar that we send to Tallahassee, we lose almost 3.5 cents. In my numerous conversations with the board, I have posted the question, why can't we pay our veteran teachers more? Why can't we address compression? The resounding response is always the same. The money is determined by the state or it's because of the FTE rate. I'm currently in my third year of teaching and feel justly compensated for my salary. However, our veteran teachers are not. This year alone, VCS has lost 368 instructional staff. Additionally, there are currently 395 educators teaching out of field, Mm -hmm. meaning they are not certified to teach in their subject. Furthermore, VCS has declared an impasse with the union regarding salary negotiations and is looking to recruit 35 to 55 foreign exchange teachers to fill their 160-plus instructional vacancies. While this is certainly not your fault, I think it's important for you to be aware of the significant challenges that face our area. The turnover creates a dangerous cycle of veteran teachers leaving, leading to fewer mentors for new teachers, leading to higher burnout, leading to lower retention, and leading to less quality instruction for our students. Due to the staffing shortage, students are often sent to the cafe or gym for arena subbing our campus advisors are subbing in classes leaving our campuses vulnerable ese teachers are subbing and not delivering specialized instruction to students who need it the most and the level of violence on campus is steadily increasing as the veteran teachers are not there to implement appropriate behavior management strategies i know that you are currently in session and that you're a busy man in the private sector however i sincerely hope that when you return you can set up a time for us to speak I'm a solution-oriented person that is simply looking to help resolve some of these issues. Please feel free to contact me at any time. Okay? So I want this to be known. Our teachers are begging for help. Mm-hmm. Our teachers, our administrators are begging for help. Where does the buck stop? So what I'm going to do this week, i got to go back up on uh, a Monday. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to inquire to see, because there's been a little bit of chatter, rumor mill here on trying to address the issue of the compression stuff. And I know... I also million dollars isn't going to do what happened? Two hundred million dollars they're setting aside is not. Is there, yeah, I got, I got to find out for sure what the plan is because I know I also know that look there was a recent meeting that happened up in uh, somewhere up in the Jacksonville area I believe is what it was. Or, you know they're getting together because the government's trying to like hey why aren't you districts taking advantage of the money that I set aside for you know for salaries and any other. Come to find out, I think the vast majority of districts are pretty much there already. There's like ten districts that haven't gotten on board yet, and that's Hillsborough County's one of them, Volusia's another one, there's a couple others, and I just, I find it interesting ties between some of the Hillsborough folks and Volusia County yep. folks, but I'll, I'll stay quiet on that <laughs> as to why there's impasse. And once again, and I, Shane, I've told you before, I'm not like the biggest fan of the union sometimes. I think Elizabeth Alberts is a very decent woman. I think she's got a tough job. Um, and I have a certain level of respect. I know my wife respects Elizabeth a lot as well, too. But um, I, I don't think it would be necessary if the district hadn't come to the table with like forty dollars or something per year exactly. yeah. for their for their most like ten years. If you have more than ten years, it's like forty dollars. That is some fucked up bullshit, per, right per there. Year, per year, you know what I'm saying? Seriously, I would feel like a hooker at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel like a cheap hooker. 
So I mean, I think. Do you know I what I'm saying? I would yeah. be so fucking pissed. How much do we have? How much do we have stored away? How much? Four bi- How much is it? Billions. Reserves? Yeah, yeah, reserves. Billions. Yeah. Billions. Yeah. Fucking billions. And our. Listen, when but we it's, talk it's about. It's not the money that comes from. But it's, it's not. The, it's not, not the money that comes from the state, though. It's how the money's distributed at the school district level, which can be dictated by the state. By the state. That's right. the issue. Okay. It, that it, the four billion, it wouldn't matter if it was forty billion. Our operating budget's one point three six billion, so four billion is not going to do Listen shit. Listen to the fucking teachers. That's what I'm saying. Can, yeah, that's the, what I'm trying the, to say to you. Are you the, listening to the teacher? I am listening to the teacher. I am listening to the, the teacher. Reserve. So, it's listen, I love this because I made it a point. I said, I am not going to argue with my wife because I already know I'm going to lose. So, I made a point today, but the two of you can argue all you want. I, li- listen, I am talking about listening to the teachers. I understand that the concept is distribution. But right. the biggest thing is listening. Where is that communication breaking down? Who is not listening to hear? Have you ever seen a congressman or a state senator at a school board meeting? No. no. Why do you think that is? Why? Yeah, because I don't think they want to be held accountable for yeah. their actions. No, no, I agree. 100%. Or they don't want to answer the question. A lot of times, elected officials. Um, listen, this is uh, this is nothing new. I'll say, even though I, you know, I know where I work for uh, in Tallahassee, I'll just tell you this: is that elected officials, and this goes across the board too. It could be federal, state, and local. Fuck that! I've been when to school board. Say, no, I know you have, but I'm just saying is that there are a number of elected officials out there that will not go to certain venues because they know they're going to go in there means they're going to be held accountable. It's like going to the lion's den, and I'm like, listen, man, if you got nothing to hide and you want to just listen, then go. Right, and uh, but we don't have enough. You know who they need to, to take that. with them, right? Who's any that? any politician right now? You know who they need to take with them? Who? They need to take Sharon with Sharon. them. Oh yeah, they need to take Sharon, <laughs> Doctor Love Sh- with Sh- them. Sharon Webster Barnaby, the Doctor of Love. <laughs> Sharon, call me, call me Sharon. <laughs> That's so who they need I, to talk. I have a question because I know sure. that um, you've been like really pounding with the numbers and looking at the budgets and questioning certain um, budgetary items that we have. What in your, I guess, um, research and thought process would help with the situation presently with our veteran teachers as far as pay? What would work as far as something that would make sense? I mean, with the money coming down, I think that they need to have a priority first. That's me. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I think compression is the first first and Mm -hmm. foremost issue. Like every research I've paper I've ever read said quality instruction is the number one factor in a kid's, yeah, in a kid's growth right um, but I think we there's a lot of areas I think that we could save money in like the computer programs I, I hate them I, I feel like they they serve a purpose they can be used to augment instruction but right. let's get rid of them why do we need all these programs for all these things right nothing, nothing beats, beats a it. teacher um, <clears throat> I think that we get a little exorbitant we spend too much money on some things you know school doesn't have to be fancy and schmancy right. and have all these tech <laughs> boards and all this <laughs> we, talked about, we you, talked about that last time and I'm, and I'm just going to put this on the side, not that I'm trying to defend Volusia County Schools in any which way. I, well, I just will say, though, that um, in the re- recent years, um, they have been trying to look at the value of some of the programs, at least at the elementary level. I know it's also trickling into the middle and the high school, but as far as my expertise level with the elementary, we've been looking at a lot of the programs and trying as best we can to eliminate them, not renewing Mm -hmm. those contracts to make sure that what we do have is really addressing those foundational skills that students really need to have and that will assist in the learning. But um, I am with you on that point, needing to cut back because Mm -hmm. we got to get back to those basics 
nothing beats that teacher sitting in front of the students, really honing in and doing that one-on-one because we're the ones that go to school. The yeah. program doesn't. Right. We go to school. Mr. Story. Well, and, I, and I think, too, like, part, part of that is um, – I just completely lost my time. That's I because I interrupted you. I'm you sorry. <laughs> Mr. Story, I just want to ask you this. You're a combat veteran, correct? Yeah. You served dutifully, right? You were a pretty yeah. good soldier, right? What the fuck do you need to do to stop this war right here, right now, in, in combat terms, seriously? I, I mean, it's very different environments, but uh, I like it comes back to training the people to do the job correctly, mm-hmm. trusting your people to carry out what you tell them to do, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like things deliberate. Uh, what was the deliberate the DPP the deliberate yes. pra- practice or whatever that we have to do in VSAT ratings like that comes from the state and it's stuff that's completely useless like I got an extra eighteen dollars or something like that mm. last year because I was distinguished it's it's not important I, you really doesn't an administrator really need to spend three different days observing no. a teacher in a classroom to know whether or not yeah. they can do their job and that state all stuff, you have right? to do to know whether a teacher's effective is walk by a closed door and if it's silent or you hear kids that are laughing and engaged in a lesson and having fun in their classroom that's right. all you need to know about the teacher you don't need to sit and watch for forty five right. minutes to. See See if they can control uh, listen, the I'll tell. Listen to Shane's point. Listen, I think there are a number of things that look more recently, especially over the last. Uh, I know there are certain paths we're taking that obviously Shane and I talked about before, which is not being crazy about the 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 the, the expansion of you know all the different uh, programs of the you know your traditional or your you know part your charter public schools and, and everything else that's happening with you know the the. Um, the Step up for students type stuff, you know. The cho- you know uh, where they can take a child and, and take the money. The money goes with them. House Bill One. Uh, yeah. Well, well, to the point of House Bill Doc, One. Let's just sit back for a second. No, no, no. Just to the point of House Bill One. Some of the things I know that Shane's not a big fan of the expansion because he feels it's it, it's um, it basically undermining our public schools and just education in general. And it's going to be the feeling is, and quote me if I'm wrong, the feeling is it, it's more corporate driven than anything else at this point in time. I feel like you know what it is? More, I feel like there's a lot more. Uh, well, you're going to have private interest, whether it's in public school. Yeah. Pri- there's private interest in public school, too, yeah. which is how we end up with 20 computer programs yeah. or a and useless book HR sometimes. software yeah. or a useless <laughs> book. Yeah. So there's private interest both ways. Yeah. My concern is that the money is going to be removed from public education, which yeah. re- which makes uh, – there's going to be less funding for actual teachers to be in those classrooms. You know what that is? Because daddy got a new wife. He was tired of his old wife. So uh, he's getting a new wife and replacing uh, his old wife with a newer model instead of yeah, fixing the family well, fucking unit. You, but instead of investing I, yeah, in the family I fucking know, unit, let's you, just go I spread hear it. You, but I, I, but in both of them can, can corroborate this, which is that we went heavy on accountability, quote unquote accountability, right? Testing. We went crazy because that was the stuff that was, that came out of the Jeb Bush years. Right. And so forth. And then we, real, and then we, we, we well, maybe, Maybe, yeah, I guess it is, but I'm just saying, but years later, we're realizing now we're hearing the clamor coming from parents and everybody across the board. Republicans are going now, hey, we need to pull back on some of this stuff. Let's rethink this a little is bit more. Is that why they gave us three tests a year instead of one? Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, you know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, the I'm purpose of that, Shane, let's get real. It's baseline, it's ca- uh, comparative, and then the end all be all. That's why we have three. Yeah, I, I've read my fair share of Popham, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, baseline, baseline data is certainly important, but overall, you know, there's no need for all these I do. I, I will say this, though. I do have concerns from time to time, even myself, and I listen, and I hear it from both sides, right? So I listen to my wife when it comes to traditional public school stuff, right? And then I hear some of my colleagues talking about whether it be charter schools and other things and private schools and so forth. And what I'll just tell you, the concern that I have sometimes, and, I've, and I go back and forth in this all the time, if you go to it, and I have no, I don't have a problem with charter schools, and there are some charter schools very well run. There are some that are shit. So you know, I don't want people to think that that somehow charter schools are like the end all be all because you have shits public schools and you also have shit charter schools. My point is, is that when the money 
leaves, all right, um, and remember, charter schools can basically pick and choose their students, right? Mm -hmm. So now if you're a heavy ESC. That won't create discrimination at all. Uh, if, you're heavy, if you're heavy ESC. Wait, could you say that again, Mr. Story? What? Oh, yeah, could no, no. Say, That's you, not going to create any discrimination, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the, the challenge you're going to have is you have these kids that, so for every, I think it's like, I'll throw a round number out there. Per student, it's like $7,000, right? Yep. That ch child leaves. He's a pretty good kid. Hey, you can go to charter school, no problem. He'll survive or whatever. Now you have a more e uh, intensive ESC. child, ESC. Mm -hmm. Technically, that child who just left a good one may actually require about maybe $5,500 in resources. It's the ESC kid that's going to require that much more money and may go beyond the $7,000, may require $7,500, $8,000. So it's based, it's based on their what's called uh, the cost matrix. So yeah. students with disabilities have a 251 to 255 right. cost matrix. 251, 252, 253 are kind of very mild to somewhat moderate. 255. 255 are kind of your most yeah. severe profound students um, that have a lot of challenges but that money like I've read the bill multiple yeah. times the money travels with them with the you know even if it's 18,000 because yeah. the student mm -hmm. needs a wheelchair and feeding and stuff like that well what like do you that. do like, yeah, my, my point is what do you do when you get to a point where charter you know certain charter schools and, and certain public schools whatever it is have all, all these great students and then we're leaving some behind because the child has nowhere to go because hey sure. guess what i can't get a bus ride i can't go anywhere yeah. and now that school requires that much more funding right now the district and then the, it goes back to the district the district says hey we can only do so much and everybody's going to tallahassee saying hey we need more money because this school over here if we don't get the funding we're gonna have to shut down yep and now mom and dad who may live in a poor neighborhood are gonna go uh-oh, shit, well, what do we do now? And you know you're, what? Get, the religious right get, is loving it. You're going to get, um, you, they're going to start to establish schools for students with disabilities. Right. They'll Jesus establish those schools. charter schools or private that's schools. That's what it is. That's the so fucking good. Jesus school. But the fucking right. That's the, that's the model that we started with 100 years ago, right? Yes. Put, put uh. special needs students in a special school. And when I was a kid, it was all of more, you know, all the students with disabilities were in portables. Right. And they weren't mainstream. They weren't in the least restrictive environment with their general right. education peers, which all the research says that they have larger learning gains with students without disabilities. Absolutely. But what's going to happen is those <laughs> private schools and charter schools are going to say, well, I, we don't want to have to build this, uh, this, this curriculum map for these students. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have to provide these accommodations and slow down our instruction. Um, and it could, it might not and just be students with disabilities. And for a lot of them, it's, we have a good school Whatever. and having, and this is not you know my what? personal, because I do not believe in this word, but those students in our school causes the good kids to not learn. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It, Jesus it loves everybody except for ESC students. That's what it is. That's basically what it comes down. Just, when you're building uh, these superpower charter schools, these elite schools, under the guise of floating better education to them, that's basically saying... We don't want you at our Jesus school. Well, here's 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 where I think the biggest issue with that lies. Uh. Okay, the FTE is done in cycles, right? Mm -hmm. There are surveys that are done. Was it quarterly? Yeah. It was quarterly. Yeah, so they're they're done quarterly. So our enrollment rate dictates what our FTE funding That's is right. for our school. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's to stop a private school from taking all these students in on the first quarter? taking all that funding and saying, you know what? We don't accept that behavior here. Get your ass out. We exactly. got your money. Go back to public school. Now the public school is left without the funding because it's already come out of the kids' account. Come out of there so right now, now you have an unfunded student mm -hmm. that has to be paid for. Hey, so for those for, so for those who may not be watching on YouTube but are listening on Spotify or something else, I keep getting these like little bullshit looks from Dana because she's all like, see, see. It's a look of, see, I'm telling you, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. I will say this. I do struggle. Um, and, you know, as a Republican, right, I do struggle sometimes because I'm looking at some of these policies and some of them 
Um, some of them I, genu- I genuinely do like, and I just f- I figure, how do we incorporate that to, so they're all kind of uh, working complementary to- towards one another? But there's still always that little bit of me that's kind of like, okay, is this something that, you know, what's the long-term impact going to be? Because, and I want people to understand, when you're listening to the show today, and I hope we get other folks, whether it be teachers and others, to really, today was about just educating folks on what happens a lot of times within our educational system and open, everybody needs to open their minds up and really start taking a, a much more holistic approach instead of just saying in the corner, like Republicans, all they want is charter schools and Democrats, all they want is public schools. And that's it. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. This is about education in general, how we should be looking at education as a whole, whether mm-hmm. I don't want to see the death of the public school. There may be some that do in my party, I, you know, whatever, but my, I don't want to necessarily see that because there's value there. I do. I genuinely do believe there's value there and it may be crossed with some in my own party, but I have concerns about some of that stuff. And that's the thing. Like, I don't have – I I think that vouchers are great. I think that those are my Mm -hmm. tax dollars. If I want to use it and take my kid and put him in a private school and I can afford the offset for the the other costs, that should be my right as a taxpayer to use those funds. I completely agree with that concept. My my issue with this is that the general public, they're not educators. So you're going to have parents taking their kids out of instruction, homeschooling them, using these funds – to, to provide instruction. They're going to buy their program from Wilson and pay their private tutoring uh, company to come in and tutor their students that are going to collect all these funds. They're going to notice they're not getting learning gains out of these kids, and they're going to send them back to public Correct. school. And now the gap's even larger. And now you have less teachers because a lot of those teachers are going to go work for those curriculum programs that yeah. they can advise, or they're going to go be tutors and be the door dash of education <laughs> yeah. and set their own schedules <laughs> and make more money. And yeah. I so, will tell you so that we have um, – family members that had gone to um, a private school. And I'm going to tell you that one year um, I was sitting down with my child and niece or nephew, and I'm looking at the resources that they were utilizing in this so-called private school, not to the level that we use in public school. The kid uh, that I was working with at the time couldn't answer some of the basic questions that the students in public school. So while we might be thinking that these schools are better alternatives, not always is the level of education well, I want, to par so I want, so the accountability is not yeah. there. There's so no, the accountability is not. not the same. So what I not. understand, too, that I've had this conversation with my wife several times, and which is, and, and she'll tell you, look, I'm not against uh, the alternative schools we have, private schools. That's what you choose as a parent. That's fine. Her concern has always been, to your point, what we're just talking about is, I think, and hon, you can, you know, you can back me up on this. It, I believe you can anyways, is that... Um, <laughs> That a lot of these parents are taking their kids out of school for whatever the reason is. You know, it's the environment, they're just whatever, there's too much whatever going on, and they go, I want to take them to private school, so forth. Something happens at that private school, they come back, and what you're noticing, like you said before, and, and you've come across this many times. As a principal, there's I gains, had the learning many gains, students yeah. <clears throat> where, um, you know, I have to take into consideration when the student comes back based on a report card or word of mouth, this is the grade level that I'm seating mm-hmm. this student in. And as the student is taking just battery assessments and the same level as the students that are grade level um, supposed peers, if you would, they are far behind, yet they've mm-hmm. gone to what they're considered to be elite schools, charter schools. I went here, I went there, but yet they're not on par Education's with my students. Yeah, I mean, not I went to all. private school for high school, and I can tell you that, I mean, it, I got a great education from it, but I, the programs that were in my small little private school, the graduating class mm-hmm. of 30, weren't what you're going to get at Spruce Creek with 3,000 3, students. Yeah, yeah. Um, What do you keep pointing to? And I also you, think that those schools, oh, yeah, to, be, <laughs> to be honest no, with no. you, I don't think that those schools, um, and I'm not saying all of them, because I'm sure that there are some that do have it, so I shouldn't speak in a generality like that, but... 
there are several of those schools that don't have the expertise levels of our intervention teachers, Mm -hmm. our support facilitators, our ESE teachers who understand the exceptionalities, the uniqueness that comes or the brilliance, because I call ESE students, they have unique brilliance. So don't understand their unique brilliance and how to really give them that specialized instruction that they require to be able to make the grade. Well, and the grade... Also, one of my concerns is as a Republican mm-hmm. and as somebody who believes in physical responsibility, you talked to, you'd be like, well, the, what's going to be will the last stop? I'm so proud. I'm so proud of Shane. Can so, you stop, Dana, please? Jesus. So, I mean, currently the voucher system is cost, I think it was like a billion, mm-hmm. 1.3 billion last year is what the voucher program cost yeah. last year. Well, they're going to do 10,000 in this first step, and then it's going to be an additional 20,000 every year after that. Estimates put it at five billion dollars more that it's going to cost the state. Yeah. Can we talk about also too with the with this uh, system? And I want to wrap this up because I want to a two minute bell on teacher union here in Volusia County. So I want us to always so remember that the big thing that they're missing with this is the social interaction. Mm-hmm. When when children are removed or they're taken and they're put in an elitist environment and it, you know, you can't do that in real life. In real life, you're going to be integrated in the real freaking world, right? You're going to have diversity in that world that you're going to have to learn to adjust to. And by taking these kids out of the bad environment, Mm. as it were, you are robbing them of the chance to negotiating skills, to learn behavior, to understand how to work with other people, just a whole social interaction. Yeah, you I, are, I you're think the group that, that this appeals most to, you're like actually making their point for them because that's kind of what they want in the long term. Um, I mean, there are social, like they have social groups for people that are homeschooled, kids that are right. homeschooled. They meet together and they have 10, mm-hmm. 15 kids or they share a tutor. Yeah. Or they bring them out into the real world and, you know, go to the museum and things like that to go see things instead of looking at them in a book. So I, I understand that there's value there, 100%. But there are always going to be people that take advantage of a system. Yeah. I mean, I can sit here and think like, okay, somebody's going to get the funds for their kid. They're going to go buy a laptop. Then they're going to take it back and get the money and show, hey, I bought this and here's my receipt. And they just cashed in an $800 yeah. check. Meanwhile, the kid's not <laughs> learning anything. He's you so suspicious, I mean? like, just like me. Swear <laughs> <laughs> so. God. We think shit about people. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm going to say yeah. for Volusia County Schools. Um, and even with the pandemic and prior to the pandemic, one of the things that we, or Volusia County Schools, took uh, very seriously is that social emotional learning of the student. It yep. became a part of the curriculum. Time was set aside in schedules to make it happen. Now, to what level and are we consistent every single day? No, but um, the school counselors have been given and tasked with making sure that that's also a major part mm-hmm. of what they work towards, making sure that they can have mediation with, with groups. Now, is the time being really set aside for it? I can't tell you with 100% mm-hmm. certainty, mm-hmm. but I know that that has been a really big um, push is making sure that social emotional learning is um, an integral part of the day for the students. Begin the day with that. Yeah. But that's Good a conversation for homes, not for schools. Yeah, because parents which brings know me what's to best for their kids. Next hypocritical point of uh, Senate Bill 52 from Mr. <laughs> Yeager. That uh, we should be providing social media instruction, how to use social media, what's mm-hmm. inappropriate social media usage. I mean, right. that's a Republican that's introducing a concept that should be discussed in all. It's just control. So it's like, it's, this, it's the hypocrisy that drives me nuts. Right. It's like, guys, you talk about fiscal responsibility, but you're going to do this voucher program that could cost us mm-hmm. an extra $5 billion. We're talking about, like, let's be physically conservative. Hey, I never said Tallahassee was perfect. There's always, the listen, there's hypocrisy at the local level, state, well, and federal level. Well, you know level. who one of the big, lo- big lobbyists for that uh, bill for, for uh, House Bill 1 was, right? Oh. 
Corcoran. His, uh, his brother, Mike, was yeah. one of the big proponents of that bill. From uh, And how is he related, Shane? That's his brother. It's uh, Richard Corcoran's, bro- or Corcoran's brother. Mm-hmm. The former, the former second, uh, commissioner of education. Who's a friend of who? Who's a friend of who? Who's a friend of? The governor's got a lot of friends. It's just Richard Corcoran. That's what they say about Randy Fine strippers, too. Randy Fine's got a lot of friends. I'm not even touching that one. Can we just talk about the slavery was never thought of before the 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 American Revolution statement that he said. I mean, that's kind of an issue because I'm pretty sure that Quakers in like I don't know 1688 took issue with it and were trying mm-hmm. to make abolitionism Absolutely. a thing. And, uh, even what was his name? Who was the guy the the first the first guy that uh, established Georgia? Um, James was it Oglethorpe or something? Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. He, wanted, yeah. Yeah, he wanted slavery prohibited in Georgia. Yeah. That was like you know a good hundred years before the revolution. <laughs> All right. Can you? I want you to wrap it up. I want you to wrap up. Is the Village County Teachers Union doing an effective job negotiating and speaking for teachers? Uh, I think you know it's it's. Uh, it's I think everybody does the best job they can, but sometimes it creates fucking politicians. <laughs> I mean. Really, like, <laughs> so she was a little worried, and I said, "Hun, Shane gets it. He's good at. It. Trust me. He know he'll know how to kind of move around, pivot. That's all you gotta do. So if you feel like you're getting a, a tough question from Dana, just kind of pivot a little bit. Don't I, worry. You no, know, it's not a tough question. <laughs> no, I'm like, so I'm I'm pro union in I'm the aspect around. that I think it should be a collective bargaining, but yeah. that collective bargaining in the state of Florida is handicapped by the inability to strike. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it essentially lim- limits whatever power that a union has. Why can't which they is getting, strike? Which is even getting more handy. Well, we're a right to work state. It's been it's, that's been in, in effect for a long time. But it's, right? yeah. it's under attack now. Like they're moving. Right. They want to move it up from 50 percent to 60 percent. They want to. Disenroll, uh, disenroll them from uh, right. auto pay deductions. They don't want them to have materials posted in the schools. Exactly. And I can understand, like, if I, if I felt that I was going to be paid what I was worth, if mm-hmm. I'm a phenomenal teacher and I'm going to get paid sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars a year because I am just that good, mm-hmm. and there are teachers that might not be that good and they're going to get paid forty-five, fifty thousand because maybe they just don't bring it every day, that people were going to get what they're worth then I would say, okay, get rid of the union. But that's not going to happen. They're mm-hmm. going to pay everybody the same amount, whether you're a great teacher or whether you're a moderate teacher. Or it's a good point. Teacher. It's a good point. Listen, I've had that concern always. I've told her before in the past, I was like, look, my challenge sometimes with unions is that, and for teachers just in general, is everybody gets paid the same across the board. My challenge is, because I used to see her when she was in the classroom, and she may have one or two of the colleagues. I'm just sitting there kind of going, Jesus, man, y'all are being lazy. And here she's busting her ass. She should, get paid, she should be getting paid more for what she's mm-hmm. doing because she's trying to bring it every single day. But and it goes right down to not the job that you're doing in the classroom, if not the you're held to a score. Mm. Yeah, and that's the and thing. The score like, is the determinant. They try to fix 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 that with taking away the steps and, right. and establishing the VSET rating, which is how, you know, if you're distinguished, then you're, you know, it can only be so many people, and you have to be that good to do it, right? Okay. And I'm not, but you this get is not $18. A, this is not a hit on anybody. And teachers out there, you know, I'm a teacher all the way through. Strip me of any title I've ever had. I'm a teacher. That's the certification I hold, mm-hmm. even though, yeah, I do have principal and everything else. But um, I will tell you this. Come into my room and see what I do every day. Don't schedule a day for me because I'm going to give you the very best lesson I have ever taught. I'm going to plan the bejesus out of it because you know what? That's tied to my salary. Mm -hmm. But if I'm doing that every single day, don't insult me and say that only one day is what counts. Mm -hmm. Come to my room, visit me every day and see what I do. Talk to the parents, talk Mm -hmm. to the students. Don't tell me that I'm a test score because that's not what I am. Mm -hmm. I am a teacher. I teach each he and her the very best every day. My job is to make them independent thinkers, to make sure that they change the world and they challenge 
what is out there, link the past to the present and make sure that it never happens again. That's the value of a teacher. And unfortunately, when you put me to a test score or you put me to just one day of a stupid, and I'm going to say that, and that's a word that we, it's forbidden in the education realm, but a stupid evaluation system like the one that we have, it cripples what the true brilliance of a teacher is. That, that was a phone. That, that was a phone drop because we can't drop our microphones. Yeah, so. that was mic drop, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, <coughs> hey, boss. Mm. Okay. Okay. I I would like for you to come back individually. I would like you to come back collectively. I would like you to come back. I challenge any Volusia County School Board member that would like to come and sit on our show to come and sit on our show and let's talk about this openly um, outside of where you hold meetings because we are hemorrhaging. We are hemorrhaging talent. We are losing students to violence every day because of their fundamental needs are not being taken care of and we have no way to properly address that. And we need for you to come and see, hear, and save your students and teachers. It's imperative. So how about this? Just how about make sure they know that there's no podium here to protect them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> apparently exactly. we can't afford to pay teachers, but we're going to get a fancy-ass podium Absolutely. and put up a rope barrier that's going to stop uh, wait, wait, That requires rather than a mic drop. Here we go. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, so uh, I challenge you today. I challenge you to come on the show and sit across from one of our panelists and let's talk real if you want to, or you can whatever you know. Yeah. But I invite you, teachers. You are the true heroes. I'm going to give you the heroes of uh, so far this year for the job, the thankless job that you do. Sometimes I want to thank the two of you for coming on. Do you have any parting words, Mr. Story? No, I think I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> to be wait, I was gonna say to be continued always with yeah, Shane. So <laughs> exactly. How about you, Doc? For me, it's just I wish Volusia County well. Um, the teachers, they are the heroes. Yep. And our kiddos, they are the why. Yep. That's what keeps us coming. Thank you so much, Doc, for that. And listen, I want to invite any teacher if you would like to come on this show, if you would like to speak freely yeah. without ramifications, without a bridle in Elizabeth your mouth. Elizabeth Albert would be a good invite. Yes, Elizabeth Albert, you hear that? No. Come out. You're Elizabeth. being invited. Please come out because we want to get the word out. We want to give you a platform in which to speak so that we can start the pressure for us to do better. We must do better. We must be better. We must show up better for our students yep. and support our teachers. Mm -hmm. And you guys are our heroes. Thank you so much for everything that Absolutely. you continue to do, even though you have left the yes. system, the valuable input that you provide us. You are spicy as hell, and you know I love <laughs> you so very much. You're married to my one of my best friends here, my brother, you know. Uh, Mr. Story, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. Well, I was it. held against my will, so. <laughs> According to, so, did, did, I mean, my, my memory's going sometimes. Uh, did we talk about that whole little thing that last night? Last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We last did night? At the beginning of the show, right? We mentioned that, how you kind of no. held him hostage with the whole cancer no, thing. No, we didn't talk about that. Okay, so just so everybody knows really quick, this is a funny thing. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, Zimitra, I don't give a shit. But so last night, then it calls me and said, hey, we got to get, uh, you know, Shane and, and, and the doc back on. And I said, okay no problem and then Shane's like well I'm trying to figure out what time it is and then Dana pulls the old cancer car she goes how dare you not try to spend time with your cancerous mother you can get out early and be there early so I was just like what are you two doing <laughs> 
with cancer cards. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. You never spend time with your mother. <laughs> yeah. well, I, like, I Poor hate, Shane. I hate taking days off. I never take days off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I know, I know. It I know, but two days off in the last week. <laughs> For his mother. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So listen, guys, thank yeah. you again for being here. It's been incredible. Um, I can't wait to have you back. Continue the dialogue right in here. Um, and um, Eric, let's rock on. Let's continue to provide this platform. Always, you know my dear, I mean? always. Yeah. Close just it out. Re- just remember all. Um, thank you. We'll see you next week. And to remember this, that if it's important to you. It's important to us. Peace. Take care. This has been The Smoking Truth with Dana McCool and Eric Raimundo. Listen for new episodes every Tuesday at 8 a.m. This has been a Mike and Mike production.